Welcome to the Net Report podcast. My name is Jacob. Uh, this is going to be our first episode of our sports analysis and discussion podcast. Um, just a little bit about me uh, as one of the main hosts here. Uh, I am mainly a Boston sports fan. Uh, Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics. I also dabble in some college football as well. Uh, go Seminoles. Um, just a little bit about me, though, as far as how I got into sports. I've kind of always been into it um, just from a young age. Uh, but it really started um, when I used to go to some spring training games when I was younger here in Florida. Um, the uh, Red Sox was always the closest uh, closest team to where I lived. So I got to go to a lot of those games. And seeing Big Poppy David Ortiz when I was younger kind of uh, brought me into the sport. And from there, I kind of just had a bunch of... Uh, icons when I was younger to really look up to. Um, obviously, Tom Brady was out here as well, and so that was always just really cool to flex about. Um, but I'll let the other boys uh, talk about some of their experiences as well, and we'll get this started. Uh, yes, my name is uh, Chris. I'm uh, an aspiring uh, journalism <coughs> student, uh, hoping to get into sports reporting and media at UCF. Um I got into sports at a young age, obviously, as well, like Jacob. Um, my earliest memories are, honestly, I remember my dad buying me NBA Live 2005 for the GameCube, Madden 06 for the GameCube, and just playing those games er- early in my life, learning the team's rosters, um, obviously um, became a Magic fan, uh, it being the local team. Uh, grew up watching them. Remember, earliest memories with them are getting swept uh, by the Pistons early in the first round. That was always fun. But then I also got to watch the Dwight team go to the finals. Um, been to numerous games in person, so that was always fun. I grew up an Eagles fan because my dad is a... Uh, he was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So, of course, it's an Eagles household. We all grew up Eagles fans. Uh, obviously, grew up watching Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick. Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, all those players. And, you know, probably best sports memory, of course, is going to always be that 2018 Super Bowl uh, when they finally pulled through. Um, I'm also a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Um, recently got into baseball, still learning a lot about the sport, uh, but uh, chose to root for the hometown team being in Florida. So, yeah, the, that's kind of how I got into sports, and those are my sports teams. Um, my name is Tariq. I am a Giants, Yankees, uh, Lakers, Kraken, and for college football would be Notre Dame. Um, got into sports ever since I could remember. I've been playing it ever since I could remember from T-ball to flag football and all the way through high school and now in college playing uh, D3 lacrosse. Um... Ever since I was younger, I was a Yankees and Giants fan. Grew up in New York. I remember always going to random Yankees games, old Yankee Stadium before they made a new one, and seeing people like Derek Jeter, uh, Aaron Rodriguez, uh, Ichiro Suzuki when he was on the team, just seeing them and falling in love with the sport and playing that all the way until high school. Then for football, never really went to a game, but I watched all the way back when Eli was on the team, Justin Tuck, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, watched all them playing growing up. Finally went to a game my 21st birthday, and it was just not a – it was a fun for the experience. It was just not a good game. We got blown out by the Dolphins 
when we had Mike Lennon, and it was just, it looked like the Giants were just going downhill from there. And then uh, recently got into uh, and into the NBA and NHL and started watching the Lakers because my roommate uh, suggested that's who I should start to follow. So that's who I did start following. And I kind of did start following them because there was uh, a bunch of people that I already knew on the team, especially my favorite player, Carmelo Anthony, was on the team at the time. And then for NHL, I started watching the Kraken because as soon as I started watching NHL, they came out with a new team. So that was the team I officially went with because I didn't want to feel like a bandwagon. So I instantly just joined them. And for uh, college basketball, basically ever since middle school, me and one of my old teammates decided to start watching uh, Notre Dame together. And that's where we just went off from there. Basketball or football? Uh, football. I'm about to say. <laughs> um, Tree, or Chris, rather, if it makes you feel better, my earliest Celtics memory is watching us lose to the Magic in the playoffs that one year. Dwight Howard year. Wow, I'm actually surprised about that. But yeah, um, yeah, early memories. I mean, teams don't always get over the hump, so, you know. Specifically the Magic. <laughs> Yeah, we'll throw. I'll take the shots because they they haven't been over the hump in years. But <laughs> I have those Dwight memories to hold on to. Yeah, I know he does think Kelly Oubre is cute. Oh, oh my goodness! Hey man, it's respectable. So uh, let's right. uh let's dive right into it. Um, just week to week, we're gonna be going over some sports analysis, kind of discussions, and then we'll kind of see where that leads us. Uh, the obvious news this week, obviously, is the uh conference championship games so i guess we'll open up discussion and start there um i guess which game did you guys kind of want to start with cincinnati Bengals. what happened how'd you lose to the kansas city chiefs no but that game was was something i think we should let jacob start i know he has very strong feelings about this one the Bengals lost, but it was not entirely their fault. The refereeing was, as some might say, god-awful. Um, most people are going to look at to the ending play of uh, Osai, the out-of-bounds unnecessary roughness hit, as the game-deciding game factor, but negatory. Um, on multiple plays, specifically those fourth, fifth, and sixth down plays. The Chiefs somehow managed to get on one drive and just many other poor calls that seem to all go the Chiefs' way, which, I mean, that happens during championship runs. Sometimes it's called luck and teams do get the benefit of the doubt. It just seemed very obvious and at the NFL's biggest stage, it just really shouldn't be happening. It's kind of unacceptable and just sad to look at, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, I mean... I'm not going to fully blame the NFL refereeing for what happened to the Bengals. Um, some of it can be placed on them and some of their uh, some of their play calls and just not being able to break that offensive line of the Chiefs. But refereeing, man, it's got to be fixed. Like, implement the sky judge. There's got to be some, just some reformations made and, like, 
fines towards some of these referees for just purely awful, like, just doing their job terribly, like, just frankly. I don't know. It's very frustrating to watch a championship. I've never, like, in recent memory, I don't recall seeing a championship weekend refereed so poorly. Yeah, I think we all can agree that the refs had a big <clears throat> impact on the game, unfortunately, in a negative way. Um, like you said, I don't think it's the only reason the Bengals lost as well. I mean, obviously, Burrow had the two turnovers. One wasn't really his fault, but, you know, still that shot the Bengals in the foot. The offense wasn't a- able to capitalize on that last drive, and they had the ball with, I think, it was three minutes left driving down the field. So it's just, it's it's unfortunate. Um, you know, they were in position to win, but they, of course, didn't. And, you know, when you have those opportunities on the biggest stage, you, you have to take them even if things aren't going your way. And I can't help but feel for Osai because he's going to get the blame, but... He's not the the sole reason they lost. He shouldn't be labeled as that. You know, it's a it's a hustle play. You know, it's unfortunate he got. I mean, it obviously, it was an unnecessary roughness call, but you know, those things happened, and you can't vilify the guy for one play. No, I mean it's it's sports. Like people make boneheaded decisions. In all fairness, like I can't really say anything different. Like the, the these guys are making reactions decisions with like milliseconds of time to actually think about these things. So it's not like, it's not like they have a ton of time to think they're kind of just, you know, it's the biggest stage that they're ever going to, they may ever play on. And like, they're trying to capitalize on this particular stage. Like the ultimate goal is to make it and win the Super Bowl. So it's like, Oh shit, I have an opportunity to take this guy out of bounds, keep them out of field goal range. It's like, I get where he's coming from. It's just unfortunate that, the timing of it all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, you, you can't do that. Like, you got to have the mental um, awareness to not do that. But I mean, it happens, unfortunately. And I will, I will give credits to the Chiefs too. Um, obviously, Mahomes had no turnover. He's playing on a gimpy ankle. You know, they did what they had to to win that game. Even if you know some calls went their way, you know. Defense stepped up on the last drive, and you can't take that away from them. No, you can't, and especially like how we talked about, like not here, but before about side, you can't really blame certain players because blaming certain players doesn't make really sense to do that because he did one bad call, and everyone started blaming him, especially even on his own team was blaming him. But the man that was that was disgusting to see. That was really disgusting yeah. to see in that locker room. Because the thing is, you saw the video. There was two videos. There was a video of him crying on the sideline because he knew he messed up, but he had such a good game that some of, that some of his teammates were walking up to him. But when he was walking into the locker room and getting yelled at like that after doing something, it was I just, can't think of the player's game. name now, but it wasn't. It was, it, it was, was linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Jermaine Pratt. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was really disgusting to see. I'm going to be very honest. Like, come on. Like, I, it, I get that your emotions lead you into certain things, but, like, damn, the man is, like, going through it, and there's no need to push a teammate while he's already down. No, on the flip side, it was really beautiful to see BJ Hill in the locker room kind of, like, standing up with him, like, answering all those questions with the media and, like, having his back. It's, like, that, that's some of the good stuff to see in sports is, like, kind of just seeing that brotherhood. It is unfortunate to see the other side with Pratt kind of like blaming him and I'm like come on bro it's like that 
it's never one play. Let's be very honest and just very clear with each other. It's never one play why a, t- a team loses a football game. It's never that. Yeah, you, you, you lose it. You have a whole hour of football. You can't lose a football game quarter. on one play. I'm sorry. It's like. It, it's like, ex- yes, one play could change a lot in a game, but... You don't lose it because of that. You have 60 minutes of football. The point is that if you didn't step up earlier in the game and something happens in the end of the game, it's like, what did you do for the rest of the game that caught, got you that situation where one thing really ended the game? Yeah, so it's that was just really gross to see, and I'm not particularly a fan of how that was handled from a a team standpoint. It's like, come on, you got you got, you got to like come together as a team when situations like um, that happen. Yeah, most definitely. And, like, uh, talking, we're talking a lot about the Bengals, but we do have to also give Patty Mahomes his fucking credit where credit is really due. I mean, yeah, he played a fine him. game. It wasn't anything overly spectacular, but, I mean, it was... He played a game. Like, he, he did good. He won the game when they needed him he to make... He did what he had to do. Yeah, and then I, I think, more importantly, um, that defensive line just absolutely feasted on the bangles. Yes, Absolutely sir. feasted. Like Chris Jones, we all know, excellent player. Hasn't usually shown up in the playoffs before, but holy crap, did he have his best playoff game of his career. Dude was absolutely murdering the defense the offensive line of the Bengals. And what I wanted to say and I had forgotten is the reason the Bengals lost this game was because of that offensive line. I credited them last week um when we were talking privately about how well they did um with the backups. Um and then this week, for whatever reason, they got healthier. I think they had two of their starters come back this week, I want to say. And somehow they got worse. Um, yeah. Like, they they were just dominated from the line of scrimmage from start to finish. Like, it was embarrassing. And that's what Chris Jones will do to you. Uh, uh, oh, no, he's, he's a game wrecker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, game he's wrecker. a game wrecker. The interior of that old line didn't have a solution. No, not once. Um, I don't know who you want to blame it on, whether it's just coaching, but it seems to be like a consistent thing with this Bengals offensive line where they just can't seem to get it figured out and protect Joe Burrow on a consistent basis. That might be unfair to say just because like one game, but it like it just seems like for every like one or two good games they have, they have another two bad game. It's like I never see consistency from this offensive unit as far as protection on Joe Burrow. They go out and get all this money. They spend all this money. They trade for Lael Collins, and it's like, is it working? Like, like I have to look at, but I feel like he wasn't any more really protected this year than he was in previous years. I mean, especially when it came down to the biggest moment. Like, look what happened. So yeah, and that's unfortunately been a theme with them. Um, something they'll have to shore up in the off season for sure. Like that that would be the number one thing I would point to as far as why this team lost. It would have to probably be the offensive line play unit. Um just that can't happen. Like that's how you lose championships is bad offensive lines. So, I mean, credit to the Chiefs, they did what they had to do. They kind of narrowly escaped with the win, but a win's still a win. Can't really knock them down for kind of getting a cheap win when it came down to them getting in field goal range with the penalty, but Everyone makes it for a reason. So, now we just got to see what they do going forward. Um, with oh. that, let's head into the Eagles game. Um, Eagles defeat 49ers 31-7. to um, What did y'all see in that game? I mean, obviously, it was an unfortunate turn of events for the 49ers. What I saw was a very, very dominant Eagles defense. 
even without the with the whole QB situation for the 49ers, Eagles defense shows where they could step up and be what they have to be. That interior line is something to be scared of for any NFL team. Oh yeah. But honestly, with Brock Purdy going out with the UCL tear or whatever he had, it's just not nothing good for the 49ers leading into this into the off season, but that's We'll talk about the, their all season in a little bit. This game was most definitely a dominant Eagles defense game, and the offense stepped up where they needed to step up to score their points. I feel like we were robbed, robbed of a really great game, and just robbed of this 49ers team going to the Super Bowl. I, I genuinely feel bad for their San Francisco fans because, like, you had such a great run. You lose Trey Lance in what, week two, right? Yes. You lose yeah. Trey Lance in week two. Then you have Jimmy Garoppolo come back and, like, look, he wasn't setting the world on fire, but he was serviceable. It looked like they were still going to be good playoff contenders. Then he goes down. Then your third round pick, or your third, oh, your third QB depth chart guy, last pick in the it's draft comes in, and they w- win, what, seven or eight straight games? Seven regular season games, and then... Like, that's incredible. That, 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 that's in- absolutely incredible. And just, I feel like we are robbed of that really cool story going forward. But <sighs> they were my pick to win it all, in all honesty. So I was really, really, like, hedging my bets on them. Um, and I think that if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, they have a real chance to go all the way. But we'll never know because he's hurt. And that's life, unfortunately. So uh, the Eagles yeah. did what they had to do when... Like, they didn't let up. Even when the players got injured, they didn't let up, and they just kept on running it down their throats, to be honest with you. So, I mean, credit to the Eagles' words, dude. That uh, that that defensive unit is disgustingly scary. I would be absolutely horrified to have to go up, up against it any day of the week. And with all this confidence they have going into the Super Bowl, it's going to be tough to beat them. Because you look at them, like, the swagger that they have right now, I'm reminded so weirdly of that other Super Bowl run. Like, last time it was, oh, we're the underdogs, blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's true this time, but they still have this really weird swagger about them. It's like they're very confident about themselves and, like, just very sure, and they're playing as one unit. Like, there's no real weakness on that team, like, that I can point to and be like, yeah, this concerns me. It's like they feel like a very complete team. Most definitely. Yeah. They've been playing that way all year. Um, as Tariq mentioned, their D-line was ruthless. I want to give a shout-out to Hassan Reddick. That guy has been a game-breaker the last two playoff games, and I expect it to continue in the Super Bowl. Um, if you're looking for a nice uh, betting favorite, I would say bet Super Bowl MVP Hassan Reddick. I know they don't give it to defensive players a lot of years, but I haven't looked up the odds on that. If I could bet, I would be looking towards that yeah. one, but... Um, obviously the Seagull team loves to put up, um, points in bunches. They get ahead. Um, they get it. Once they get ahead, it's just very hard to come back against them. And even in a game where they weren't playing particularly great on offense, uh, against a really great San Francisco defense, they were still able to, you know, of course, put up 31 points, um, control time of possession that had more to do with obviously San Francisco not being able to, you know, keep the ball due to obviously not really having a consistent QB, but you know, they, this team 
like Jacob said, no real weakness. Um, they're going to be tough to beat in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a very entertaining matchup, I think. Yeah. And speaking of the Super Bowl, I guess after giving credit where credit's due, let's get into, well, first let's get into the history that's about to go into the Super Bowl, and then let's get into what our picks are going to be. Is that fine? Yeah. 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 All right. So history going to the Super Bowl. Uh, both the Kelsey brothers, first brother duo to go against each other in the Super Bowl. That's a wild one. Thought that could have happened a long time ago, but I guess it hasn't. Two of my favorite uh, players, too. Just awesome to see. Yeah. Um, first ever two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl, going against each other. Mm-hmm. That's that's big. That's real big, especially with knowing that there was only three black quarterbacks to win before, and if. Uh, Jalen Hurts wins, he'll join that list and be the fourth guy, but if Mahomes wins, he'll be the first ever two-time black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And if he wins the MVP, he'll be the first ever two-time Super Bowl MVP. I mean, not even just first black quarterback to do it two times. There aren't many quarterbacks in general who have done it two times. <laughs> that is also true. Like Some names that come up to my mind as saying quarterbacks that have done it two times and become the MVP... Uh, Tom Brady, uh, Eli Manning. It's just Peyton did it, big, but it's not a very Peyton long list. It. It's not. Was Peyton Super Bowl MVP both times? I thought Von Miller had it. No, time. not MVP both times. I'm sorry. I was just naming people who got it two times. No, he was not. Oh yeah, MVP. got it two times. I don't even know if he was MVP in his first game. In all honesty, I couldn't. I couldn't for sure say that. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. I, I mean, know. he probably was, but I don't know for sure. No, but honestly, like. There's not many black quarterbacks to really make it. Like, there was only, like, five or six that had made it and lost. Uh, Steve McNair, McNair, Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, and, of course, Patrick Mahomes has made it and lost. But that's even if you lose, that's still a big thing as a black quarterback that you made it and started in. This the is his third you one. Still go down in history. Yeah, this is Mahomes' third one, but this is Jalen Hurts' first one. Yeah. Especially... Especially after uh, we talked about before, um, him going, being out of that Alabama locker room of, of QBs, being the first one to make it. Yeah, it's it's genuinely crazy disrespect that he got in this league. And and just to be very transparent, I mean, Chris is an Eagles fan. I know he didn't like the pick when it first happened. Oh, I mean, no, most definitely nobody not. was. Let's let's, let's be very was... honest. Nobody was. Um, to me, it basically reminds me of when J.J. Uh, Watt was picked by the Texans. Nobody liked it until he started playing. Sure. Uh, when J.J. Well, yeah, when J.J. was picked by the Texans, Texans fans booed him. Nobody wanted him. I and then he started you. playing. Look how it went. Yes, sir. And that wasn't that was never a knock against Hurts too. Um, didn't really know him as a player. It was the whole we have Wentz. We thought he was the future. Obviously, Howie Roseman. Saw into the future something new, you know. New more than you maybe, did. More than we, more yeah. than us did, apparently, and it's brought them to a Super Bowl now. And I think just seeing them both in the Super Bowl, Mahomes and Hurts, just goes to show how far the game has evolved. Um, there was once a time where, you know, you would see these uh, quarterbacks who'd get out the pocket, um, typically black quarterbacks, and they'd be like, they'd talk down about them. They'd always say, well, you're never going to win a Super Bowl with players like that. You have to have a pocket passer, and 
that's not the case anymore. You see, that's still a recent discussion. Even even in so much as last year, it was still people saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, Lamar could only really be a running back or a receiver. Like we don't see him as an mm-hmm. actual quarterback threat." Like that, even he won a Super Bowl. Or no, I'm sorry, an MVP, and people were still saying that about him. Like he's mm-hmm. still getting doubters. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure where the di- difference is. Like people never really gave Mahomes that kind of disrespect. Um, I don't really want to get into it, but it just it's it's a weird dichotomy as to why mm-hmm. he never did, but a lot of these other black quarterbacks have. Like Jalen Hurts got that disrespect. Lamar Jackson got that disrespect. From my knowledge, Michael Vick and Donovan Mad both got that disrespect coming into the league. Um yep. So it's a it, it's a very weird dichotomy as to why Mahomes kinda like considered the golden child. But I'm not gonna argue with it. Like I'm I'm glad he's having the success I will say, I, I mean, we've talked about before, I don't like the comparisons and, like, the presumption that, oh, he's just going to win as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady because he's a talented quarterback. Talent doesn't necessarily equate to success, unfortunately, in the NFL. Yeah. It's not easy to win a Super Bowl. It is not. It is extremely, extremely difficult. Yes. I, it's not an NBA championship. It is a very difficult thing to win. You can be as successful and as talented as you want to be, but there are 53 guys in that team, and every single guy has to play their heart out every week. Yeah, and let's before we get into our picks, let's finish out this. Uh, Kansas City and Eagles, both overall record, including playoffs, 16-3, and three, both highest score, scoring teams in the NFL with 546 points each. The winner of this game gets to be the highest scoring team overall this year. That's another wild thing. Then going into Arizona, Arizona only has one win at home. Both the Eagles and the Chiefs have a win in Arizona. Whoever wins this game has more wins in Arizona than the Cardinals do. Should be illegal. That's a a hilarious stat. That's that's quite a stat. That's real. It's real. Like, looking at that, yeah, it is real. Looking at that, I'm like, what? And then... Cardinals, what? happened <laughs> and then of course going into this game everybody's talking about Andy Reid's first game was with the Eagles in Arizona and but the Eagles lost in Arizona with Andy Reid so who knows maybe Andy Reid gets his payback maybe the Eagles get their payback but these are two different teams now going into this and let's get into our picks and see what happens we'll let I'll the Eagles first. no 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 let's let the Eagles fan goes first and surprise the world yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Drum roll, please. Believe it or not, crazy, crazy uh, turn of events. I do have the Eagles winning, but... Oh, my Lord! (laughs) Oh, my Lordy Lord. I have some legitimate reasons as to why I think this, though. Yeah, we Um, we know you do. You're an Eagles fan. It's okay, Chris. (laughs) You don't need to hide your bias. Like, we all love you, even if you're biased. Alright, so the Eagles, they have the best pass defense in the league. Um, the Chiefs have the best passing attack in the league. They have the most yards. Um, I don't really see any weakness, though, for the Eagles' defense going up against the Chiefs' um, offense, aside from the Travis-Kelsey matchup. That's the big thing where I'm like, if the Chiefs, if the Eagles can somehow contain him, and I'm not talking like they're going to shut him down because no one shuts down Travis-Kelsey. LOL, contain Travis-Kelsey. That's so exactly. cute. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, 
they're going to have to figure out a way with TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to slow him down so that he's not wrecking uh, the defense. Um, this isn't the Eagles of past where uh, last year or the year before that they were allowing tight ends to average, like to get 150 to 200 yards every game. They were game-breaking because the linebackers are so To say, yeah, you have real break. linebackers now. I know this is an improved yeah. team. Um, that was probably their biggest weakness in defense last For year. For years. Short up, short up this year. Um, their secondary has been amazing. Best in the league, like I said. Um, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, amazing cornerback duo. I don't see a Kansas City receiver that's going to get theirs. I mean, they'll they'll get... A few plays here and there, of course, because it's it's a football game. That's always going to happen. But I don't see them winning the majority of matchups against someone like Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Um, this defensive line, like we stated before, it's going to get to the QB. Um, I don't know if I trust the Chiefs O-line to, ha- um, to hold up against the Eagles' ferocious D-line. So I just <laughs> think it's going to be very hard. Obviously, Mahomes is a wizard. Best player in the league by far. I'd say by far. I don't know how controversial that is. Would but. disagree, but it's okay. It's another topic <laughs> for another day. He's the one person who instills fear, who instills fear into anyone's eyes. And I'm not saying he can't win this game because he very well can. He's an amazing talent. If I had to bet on anyone carrying this game and carrying his team to a victory, it would be him. I just don't think I can put my money on the Chiefs. I, it's just, it's tough. I think um, the Eagles will still be able to score their points too. I don't see that. Obviously that San Francisco defense last week was towards the best in the league. I expect them to be able to put up points against the Chiefs, especially Chiefs secondary. That's not bad, but it's probably the biggest weakness in their team. Um, I still expect them to be able to run the ball like they do, especially against a Chiefs team that's not as great as the 49ers running the ball. They still have a decent run defense, but, you know, I just... I I think it's a better it's a good matchup for the Eagles. I lean towards the Eagles side when looking at all these things. I'll throw my pick in now. So as a Giants fan, it hurts me to say I'm going with the Eagles on this one. Like seeing how good of a team they were this year beat us three times and seeing how Casey is struggling with pass rush or any type of rush at all. It's just you can't bet against the Eagles on this one. Like, I have full faith in that defensive line just destroying through the offensive line and giving Patrick Mahomes the pressure. And as we saw last week, when Osai was giving pressure to Patrick Mahomes, he would make horrible passes. Like, he couldn't even reach uh, Travis Kelsey. That was, like, I think was, like, seven yards away when Osai was in his face. And you put an interior line like that against that Chiefs line, they're going to have a lot of work cut out for them. And if they can't stop it, it will be another uh, Bucks versus Chiefs Super Bowl. Yeah, I see a lot of... Uh, I don't know why I see a lot of that in this matchup for some reason, but I definitely do. Um, it's weird. Like, my gut says... Like, my gut says, oh, it's the Chiefs. Like, how can it not be the Chiefs who are going to win this game? Like, it's Patrick Mahomes. You don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Um, but something about it, man. Like I, like I said before, like this Eagles team has a weird swagger to them. And I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, I think I like the matchups more from their standpoint. Um, I, I think Super Bowls are won and lost when it comes to the offensive line. And this is a Hall of Fame unit across the board. Um, 
from the offensive line standpoint for the the Eagles, like Lane Johnson and uh, Jason Peters are Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the disrespect, uh, Mr. Peters. Um, you're you're <laughs> not very good at football anymore, though. Um, but Jason Kelsey and uh, Lane Johnson are for sure first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, they're playing still some of their best football ever. They really haven't regressed this year, even though at least one of them's probably on the verge of retirement. A- and it's like I think that's where this battle is going to be won. Um, if they can contain that defensive line and defensive unit up front for the Chiefs, I think all they have to do is run the ball and let the game play out. Run the ball down their throats. They have to commit to it. We we saw it in this past week. They kind of abandoned the pass. They passed too early. They don't really commit to the run. You have to commit to it. It, it. The only way you're going to beat this Chiefs team is by slowing the game down for you. If you can kind of run the ball two to three plays a game, you're going to see this defensive line of Chris Jones and Frank Clark and George Karloftis get very tired out very quickly. That's where you're going to win this game, is by doing things like that. If not, I mean, I think they can still win this game. I just think that's probably the easiest path to victory, in my opinion. Um, Use what your biggest strength is, your running backs, your versatility at back. Oh, Miles Sanders has been for a few plays and he's a little tired? Alright, well, I mean, this Boston Scott guy's pretty darn good. Um, oh, I mean, he's been out there for a few plays, and we want to give them both the rest? Oh, I mean, just throw Kenneth Gainwell out there. I mean, you know, he's kind of good as well. It's like, there's no shortage of talent from a a running back um, standpoint. And listen, once they bite too much on the running back run, um, RPO it. Give it to the, give it for Jalen Hurts and let him run with his feet. Or once they bite on that, play action it, throw it downfield. A.J. Brown has been killing people all season. Mm -hmm. Um... Just, I think it's the the Eagles to lose. I think that they this should be their game, and I think it's their game to lose. Um, it's gonna be tough. I, I think I would pick the Eagles, but I don't think by any means it's a lock. And of course, it's uh, it's Super Bowl. It's never a lock. Um, and obviously, these picks are no disrespect to Mahomes, Andy Reid, amazing coach. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they show up and win this game, you know. It's just looking at the matchups, it's hard to think, man, Kansas City's going to have a lot to overcome just from a talent standpoint and a matchup standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned as well for the offensive line um, play for the the Chiefs as well. How are they going to hold up against this just ferocious defensive line from the Eagles? Like... They can just they they can just sub out Fletcher Cox for Limbaugh Joseph and it's like nothing's really changed like that's that's illegal <laughs> that should be illegal. Um, Definitely have the most depth in the league for sure at that D line. Yeah, and just there's no real weak point across the board on their defensive unit. Every like everyone on that team is playing some of their best football right now. Um, it's gonna be a good game. It really will be. It's not the matchup I would have preferred to see. I don't really find any of these, I personally at least, I think there are other teams that were a little more fun, but hey, the best teams win, not the most fun teams. Yes, sir. Um, did y'all have anything else you wanted to add, or did you want to jump over to Pro Bowl alternates? I mean, there's nothing much to really else to talk about the Super Bowl. We're just going to have to sit here and wait, but I guess we could just jump into the Pro Bowl alternates. Hotly! 
<laughs> Tyler Huntley is your fourth alternate for the Pro Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Discuss. <laughs> Man. Um... Out of all the AFC QBs, you go with Huntley? I'm just going to say this out loud right now. I could throw two touchdowns. Fate <laughs> of the world is on the line. No, the media is coming down. Who do you want taking this shot? Not Jake. I want a Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> the Martians have the death beam on you. I'll take Huntley. But um, for real, it just feels like this um Pro Bowl year we've been getting the weirdest alternates, and it's. It's just weird. Um, I, I mean, a part part of it's just because there's been a lot of weird injuries. Like Tua was an alternate, and you know he's like in concussion protocol for the rest of his life. Josh Allen's gonna have some minor surgery. Just Herbert's gonna have some minor surgery. I don't think Patrick or uh, never mind. Patrick Holmes obviously won't be there. I don't. I guess I don't know if Joe Burrow's gonna be there or not. I can't remember. But Derek Carr and Tyler Huntley are two of your Pro Bowl quarterbacks, and ew. It, it it just waters down. Like these these are guys who are gonna have Pro Bowl appearances on their resume. Um and it just kinda waters that down because these are things people look at eventually when you're looking at a Hall of Fame and players' career in general. I know they look at like all pro team more, of course, and Pro Bowls aren't the buy all end all, but it's it's really hard Weird. to look at that and be like, Yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's watering it down. It's just and weird that we have to go like be... we have to go eight quarterbacks down or nine quarterbacks down to find three. Like really? That just at the AFC point... quarterbacks are gonna be Derek Carr, Tyler Huntley, and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That's just wrong. Joe Burrow has an ex- Joe Burrow has an excused absence, Josh Allen injuries, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Tua's what? injury as well. Yep. So, so is Justin uh... Herbert. It's just yeah. tough, and this year feels like it's been the worst out of the last few years. Obviously, this has always been a problem, but, man, when it comes down to, like, career accolades, it just sucks to see, you know, yeah, this guy's going to have a Pro Bowl, and it's going to skew how people, because people are going to look back at these years and be like, oh, Derek Carr, this many-time Pro Bowl, and we're going to be like, well, actually, and, yeah. you know, obviously this happens in other sports, too, like the NBA, they have all-star replacements, but... It's They're never small, this bad, bro. It's such a small amount of people, though, usually. And usually for the All-Stars, you're usually your top, like, 13 per conference. And NBA talent's so close together, there usually tends to be a lot of snubs. I'd argue in the NFL that's not really the case. And, you know, even less so because alternates get picked every year because obviously the two Super Bowl teams are going to have a lot of Pro Bowlers. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. I think Bowl, this is so. only a problem with QBs. I think every other skill position, every other hard. position has the talent. I think it's harder to find good QBs. So I think that's my problem. Like, I don't mind it with the other positions as much. Like, there were some excused absences. So Matt Judon got named as the fourth alter- as as an alternate for... Um, Ross St. Brown just got named as an alternate. And I'm like, I'm fine with those. Like, okay, they had good seasons. But are we serious? Like, I understand the AFC quarterback is slim pickings right now. But, like, really? Really? Tyler Huntley threw two touchdowns this year, and we're rewarding that? They make Our more They make more money based off of that. Like, players make more money based off of these kind of things. Um, Like... 
Are, what are we doing? Our King Jared Goff has made it to the Pro Bowl. Amen. He had a great year. <laughs> I won't disrespect Goff. He had a bounce back season. You know what Warren does Brad. piss me off? Andrew Thomas did not make it to the Pro Bowl. I'm, There's still I'm time. Sorry. I mean, he had a great season this year. There's still he time. Didn't make it. I it's know okay. still time. Michael Wenyu from like, the, the Patriots didn't make it either. I thought that was a crime against humanity, but I mean, like this potato, potato. One of the, his best seasons. Like he was talked around around the fucking league as one of the best tackles, and he didn't get in. And then even as a replacement, he didn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I ache. It feels weird to say, but like there's still other quarterbacks who I think, like I, Lamar, should have made it over Tyler Huntley. Well, yeah, Lamar but hurt. he's still he's still nursing injuries too. I'm pretty sure. So I don't care. Yeah, Lamar still hurt. He still deserves it more than him. Russell Wilson deserves it more than him. Kenny Pickett deserves it more than him. That is crazy to say, but all of those are actually true, too. I know people are going to hear Russell Wilson and be like, ah, you know, but let's be real. Russell Wilson played the majority of his games, didn't throw for only two touchdowns, you know. Deshaun Watson! No, stop it. No, 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 no. Jacoby Brissett was genuinely snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. It genuinely upsets me that Jacoby Brissett is not making it because – he has been disrespected all year, and he had a great year for what he was thrown into. I'm sorry. Would have been a better selection than Huntley, but it just it just goes to show these alternates. That something's got to be done. Joke. I know they've been, I've been, I know they've been trying to change Pro Bowl. They're doing the new thing this year, but it doesn't seem to be working. We thought the whole point was okay. We're gonna change it up. Maybe more people show up. The exact opposite has happened. So who's going to show up for Tyler Huntley, bro? No one freaking cares. I'm sorry. I disrespect <laughs> Tyler, but like disrespectful. Ouch. One of the guys that just sit there on the side and everybody's gonna be like, who are you? <laughs> the disrespect. But they did really give me trace. They did what they're doing for the skills challenges. Oh, Trace McSorley. Don't get me started there. Give Trace, me Trace McSorley. I mean, the activities they're going to do sound fun and all, but I'm like, yeah. I still don't care. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch the highlights on, like, YouTube or something, but, like, yeah, I don't watch the highlights. I, I don't care. Them. Like, come on. Like, it's a joke. Like, let's see what they got. They got Epic Pro Bowl, Dodgeball. They always do Dodgeball. That's the one thing I'm like, know. okay, that's kind of fun. I don't know what the lightning round is. Uh, longest drive. I think whoever can is. throw the ball the farthest, maybe. Precision passing. They've done that something. before. Best, best catch. That just seems dumb to me. I'm sorry. Well, there's two two things for the best catch. They have best catch, and then, then on the following date, they have the best catch finale. Yeah, probably. Uh, they always do the gridiron gauntlet. Gridiron gauntlet's always fun to watch. AFC versus NFC, doing a bunch of challenges. Uh, kick tick toe is back. Well, kick tack toe. That's actually kind of fun. Yeah, and then move the chains. Tug of war, maybe. I don't know what move the. It might be that. I don't know why he wouldn't call it tug of war if that's what it is, though. <laughs> Feels kind of stupid not to just call it tug of war. They're just trying to do it based off of football terms. I guess. But, I, I, I... Yeah, no, it'll be something to watch as highlights. I. I won't watch these challenges live. I don't even know if I'll watch the Pro Bowl because it's not even normal Pro Bowl. Oh, I'm not. Like, I don't want to watch flag football. 
No. No. I get it. They don't want anyone to get injured. That's, but it's still, it's disappointing. It's the Pro Bowl. The last time I hit, seen someone actually hit in the Pro Bowl was Sean, Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like nobody hits in the Pro Bowl. Like just let them play. They're gonna see this one year. The ratings are gonna go down, and most likely they're gonna have to be like, oh damn, we're gonna have to go back to the normal stuff again. They have to figure something out. They, it's boring. Continue it, but we'll see. I don't um, think they should discontinue it. They'll definitely have to work and find something because I don't know. Pro Bowl hasn't been it, and I don't think it's gonna change this year. No, but, uh, probably won't. Let's let's move on to um. Well, not with picks couple... like this. Let's move on to the next uh, coach hirings, though. Um, we had two big hires yesterday: Sean Payton hired by the Broncos, Blah. and uh, D'Amico Ryan's hired to the Texans. Um, what are your thoughts on that? D'Amico Ryan most definitely change the Texans. Yes, he will. It's gonna be a huge culture. I'm all over this, man. All over this. We've all stated it before, though. Please don't ruin him, Texans. For for real, please don't. They um, they're known for one year coaches and all this other stuff. Don't ruin D'Amico Ryan's. He's gonna. He has the potential to be a very great coach. Um, amazing on. Amazing for the 49ers defense. Um, yeah. Just he'll bring that defensive culture there. He's um former player, so obviously that's gonna resonate great with the young guys. Um, I, j- I just love him. I'm biased, obviously, to be a Corian's former Eagle, but like I said, great culture guy. Love the hire. Perfect, perfect hire for the Texans. I don't know if I love because this was his pick over the Broncos. I guess I get it in a sense because he's going to be building a culture there rather than three been than being thrown into a wildfire that is Denver. But I don't know, man. Just the te- him being on the Texans scares me for his sake. But I hope he's able to change the culture, kind of like uh, certain coaches have been able to do for these teams in the past few years. I think you need to look at what the Lions have done with Dan Campbell. It's like that first year of Dan Campbell, not great as far as a record and performance, but you could still see it. Like you could see the change Dan Campbell brought to that team. They were playing like they were a competitive team that year. They didn't win very many games, but they were competitive. Like they were in games, they were close games. And like, you could just see the culture change immediately when Dan Campbell got there and they didn't overreact. They didn't fire him in year one, even though they had a bad year. That's what I really want the want the Texans to like learn from. It's like, listen, even if you go three and thirteen this year, whatever three and fourteen, I'm sorry, don't worry about it. It's like you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. You're just not. You're, you're the team you have right now is garbage. Like it, it, it last year, that was one of the worst constructed teams of football I've ever seen, as far as a talent basis. Sorry to disrespect. But it, there's a lot of building to happen here. But let Demico Ryan build this team out and let him in, like inject his culture here and see what happens. Now, if in two to three, like I, I would say, you really got to give this minimum of two years. But I really hope they give it three. Um, and if you still don't see anything progressing well, then you make the decision. But like. This is his first head coaching job. It's a team that has no talent. You're giving him nothing to work with. You got to give the guy some time, man. Like, so I, I just hope that it doesn't go like the way of other things have in the past, where certain teams just aren't given a fair shot. Um, I, I, I don't want to see that. 
I really do not want to see that because I think D'Amico Ryan deserves a lot more. Um, I don't think he's given enough credit for maybe some of the success the past two years of that uh, that team uh, defense on the Niners. Um, also, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. Dude manages to find these coaches. Like, every year we're talking about a Niners coach being hired somewhere else, it feels like. Yes, sir. What the heck, uh, bro? Yeah. His coaching tree is insane. And every year, I think for like the past two or three years, the um, the Niners have gotten a um, minority assistant coach hired in a head coaching position or a defensive position or a coordinator position, and they get picks for it. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, good they on them. It's excellent. Going. Mike McDaniel last year. Um, who else got hired from that team last year? There was someone else recently. Um, I think Sala came from that team. Um, there was somebody else in recent years that came from that team as well. I'm trying to think. But I'm blanking on it pretty aggressively right now. But Sala... to it if you remember. Yeah, but Sala and McDaniel both for sure came from that team, and those are both great hires in my opinion. I know Sala is kind of... People are a little down on him because of the way that that team ended, but I still love what Sala's done to that team. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily his fault how everything has progressed as, as far as the season, but still, Kyle Shanahan, man, his coaching tree is ridiculous. Um... Sean Payton's a hire. I mean, it, it, I don't love that you have to give up more draft capital for him. You basically traded Bradley Chubb for uh, basically traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton, and I, I don't necessarily like that. It just feels that you gave up all those picks for Russ, and then you give up more picks a first and a second next year for Sean Payton. It's like you're really hedging your bets. Like it has to be this year. Like you have to win. Um, I guess I don't know. I don't really know if there's any fixing Russell Wilson now. I mean, maybe there is, but that team is so poor offensively. And, ugh, I don't know. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It just seems very, like, it seems like a very mid. It seems that the Broncos got beat out by everybody else. See, there was all this reporting they wanted Jim Harbaugh really bad, and they couldn't get Jim Harbaugh. Then there was all this talk of they couldn't get D'Amico Ryan. It seems like they, they got sloppy thirds when they got Sean Payton. Like, that was their last resort. And, I mean... It might be my last resort as well to trade for a coach because it doesn't happen very often. But I'm like, is that really what you wanted to go to? End of the day, trade a first and a second for a coach. And that's uh, and that's the big thing. The Broncos are basically going all in and saying this has to work. Giving up this much draft capital, like you said, first round pick number twenty nine, uh, twenty twenty four second round pick. And if this doesn't work, they're stuck in the hole for many years. Like they have, Sean Payton has to find a way to revive Russell Wilson's career. Because I don't know, they had just cut ties. That I mean, yes, but you have to make it work. Now they've pretty much gone all in in a team that's not very talented offensively. I mean, we saw we saw last year. It wasn't even just the passing game; the running game could not get going. They had multiple, I'd say, above average backs. Yeah, they had injuries to Javante Williams, but. Melvin Gordon over there couldn't couldn't hold on to a football. Got out of the lineup. They had multiple guys coming in and out of the lineup. And even not like even just there. not even that. The culture was so awful there. You'd People hated each other. On the, you'd see them arguing with Russ on the sideline, which I don't care how corny <clears throat> Russ is or whatever, whatever you want to say about Russ. 
as a teammate, you shouldn't be sitting there arguing with your QB every week. You know, that's just, it's poor culture. And hopefully Peyton, um, you know, fixes that. Obviously, it wasn't good under Hackett. Um, coaching change was obviously much needed. It's just, it seems like the wrong move to go all in on this team. And a team that's not, yes, they have a very talented defense. We saw that throughout the year. Um, we, but a team that just offensively, I just don't know about. You have to, you're banking on a lot. Russell Wilson being able to revive his career, um, turn into at least partially what he was before. That O line being fixed, which has not looked really great in run blocking, just hasn't been great in general, to be honest. Um, you know, yes, they have Sutton and Judy as receivers, but once again, it comes back to can they get the right schemes on offense to fix this passing game that obviously was not great last year. So there's just a lot to fix. I've never seen a team with so many talented receivers just not know how to utilize them Mm -hmm. at all. And and I definitely do think under Sean Payton, they will be utilized a lot better than under Hackett. But it's just you're still going all in on a team that honestly, it seems like seems mid, you know, I don't. Oh, extremely more than. I don't see this team winning more than 10 games unless they make some drastic moves, which... 10 games you know, is the, very gracious as well, I would say. And that that's like... That's their ceiling. I'm sorry. That's their ceiling. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd have to see what the rest of the offseason has for them, but it's just... I don't love the move. I, I, I like Sean Payton to the Broncos. I don't like them having to give up all of these picks and basically shoot themselves in the foot even further. Hi, Tree. Yeah. I, I didn't have much to really say about <laughs> How are you doing, <laughs> bud? Covered I had nothing to really him. say about coaches. <laughs> I talked about the Margot Ryan, and that's all I really needed to talk about. <laughs> my man sitting on the sidelines like, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm living my best life. I am chilling. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting off the coach subject because I don't know much about coaches. I don't care about much about coaches. So, Tariq, tell me about Tom this Brady. Royal. Ru- no, no, no. Oh, oh, well, I forgot. Tom hold Brady. on, hold on. You can't skip that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tom Brady retired for the second time, and supposedly it's the last time. This is this is definitely a late add to our um segment, but um, yes, Tom Brady retiring. Uh, <sighs> It's big news for the Bucks, obviously. I mean, they're gonna. Have to go it's enormous news for the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, they, um, they should be in rebuild. They should be in rebuilding mode right now. Trade it all. Yes, blow sir. it up. But, Trade um, it all. Get all the picks you can. No, I'm serious. Blow it up. Years. Blow it up. You have but, a ton of uh, old players in that team. Blow it up. I know a lot of people are joking. Oh, Tom will be back or whatever. I don't see it this time around. Um, I think he's actually retiring. I don't um, think any players retired twice and come back. Like I know Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Reti- <laughs> he retired twice. <laughs> Brett Favre would go in and out. Basically, he wouldn't want to do training camp. He'd be retired. He wouldn't be retired. So it's just. I didn't think he retired twice. I know he retired the once, but Brett Favre was also mm-hmm. weird. Also, screw that guy. <laughs> you know why. Yeah, we do. I think we all do. But um yeah, uh Tom Brady retired, obviously huge news. Um the GOAT, greatest of all time, I don't think it's debatable, but if anyone you know, debates I'll fight sucks. them. It sucks um to see that he had to kinda 
leave on a low note, but that's how most players leave, you know. And um, I wish he just, I, I wish he just left last year, man. I really wish he had just left and, last, uh, year. last year. Even though they didn't win, it would have been on a high note because that game was close and that was one heck of a comeback. And he still had Ram. like a great year last year. Uh-huh. offensively this year, he didn't have a bad year this year let's let's not like get it twisted but like you could you could see it like watching his film it's like yeah he doesn't have it man that team didn't have it he didn't have it it just looked ugly from the start um it's sad don't get me wrong i'm sure if you put him on like a super talented team he could still win but th- those opportunities aren't really available right now so i think he looked at that and you know, decided it was time to call it a career. I saw a tweet yeah. today saying it's like, um, once he was either going to go to, um, he was either going to go to whatever team Sean Payton went to or something else. And once Sean Payton went to the Broncos, it's like, oh, well, I mean, there's no point going there now. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah, something like that. And I'm like, that makes good. sense. Um, he, he did have his amazing career and it was time to retire. Like, it's sad. It's really sad for me. It's, it's sad because, well, yes, for you as a Patriots fan, it's sad. But at the same time, for a lot of people in the, that are NFL fans, it is kind of sad to watch Tom Brady go. He, it's the end of an era. Like, It's the end of a giant era. Tom Brady's been in the league. As long as I've been alive. No, literally, as long as I've been yeah. alive. He's I mean, look, it's it's the same for Le- it's the lot. same for LeBron. But like, I don't have a connection with LeBron like that as I do with Brady. It's like well, Brady's been in the league longer than. Oh no, I know. Like league. for two Ooh. years, I think. Yeah, and watching Brady go, it's like, well, this is someone we everyone who has watched NFL hated and has, loved altogether. Has yes. seen this man at least win one championship if you're. a NFL fan right now. I'm happy he's not going to a third team. It it felt very wrong for him to go to a third team, in all honesty. Like, I get the whole going to the Bucks thing. Like, the the relationship with New England had soured by that point. But, like, to go to a third team would have just felt disrespectful and, like, it would have felt weird to me. I don't know. So I'm glad. I do feel like Tom Brady should sign a one-day deal with the Patriots. I mean, he's already retired. I don't think it matters now, does it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I typ- players typically they sign the one-year deals. They retire with a certain team. That's usually done. But he's already retired. I don't know. Is it? Because he's already retired. I don't exactly don't know, know how that fully works, but I mean, I still feel way, like he should do gonna... at least a on his Instagram. He posted Patriot pictures Patriot. of him and Belichick, so I have to assume their mm-hmm. relationship is better now. I mean. There, there's no doubt. Like they have a good relationship. I'm sure it's just like when it comes to competitive natures. Like at a certain point, egos get in the way, and Belichick doesn't kind of fuck around with egos. It's his way or the highway. And I think yes, Bra- Bra- Brady had something to prove, and he proved it. In all fairness, like he proved it. He's he's the greatest. Like you can't win without the greatest. Um, it's really sad though. Like. He yeah. he's he's still my favorite Patriot ever. He will always be my favorite Patriot ever. It was really hard to see him play for the Bucks for three years. Um, but I'm glad he's retiring. Like I, I now there's all this talk of him going in. I know he signed that giant deal with Fox uh, Fox Sports to be one of their announcers, which also makes me sad because that probably means he's going to replace Greg Olson. And Greg Olson has been amazing this year on the um, broadcast. I don't know if you guys have watched him or heard his game him call games. But he's been amazing this year, and it's a shame that they're probably going to have to replace him with Brady. 
yeah, I've I have heard about that, and um, it is unfortunate. Hopefully, he finds his way back into you know some way. But... Someone will pick he him up. He's definitely going to sure. be an, at least an analyst. Someone will mm-hmm. pick him up. But yeah, but, we're, uh, that's probably what we'll see. That's probably what we'll see him next. Um, I mean, Fox is a Super Bowl next week, so end of an era. I mean, we'll see if he's on the yeah. Super Bowl. It's just crazy to think end of an era guy who's been uh, playing as long as we've been alive, and you know. Yeah, and like I just clicked through all of Tom Brady's like story, and like this man has been here for everything we can really remember. Like, he's posting pictures with him and Jimmy G, him and Eli, him and Ed Reed. Like, this guy has played with everyone. Like, you mm-hmm. have to think that Aaron this guy Hernandez. has made every NFL... Okay. I'm just saying that, like, that, he's, like, that's... You're saying he's been through everything. Like, yeah. He, like, that, that happened. Like, he played with that guy. Randy, Randy, Moss, Randy Moss, Jason Beer, Paul, Michael Strahan... He's played with a lot of people, and he's mm-hmm. met a lot of people. Like, there's a picture of him and Snoop Dogg, him and Peyton Manning. Like, this guy has done it all as an NFL player, and there's nothing more you could really have asked for him. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. He's There's nothing you could change from Tom Brady's NFL career that anybody would have wanted. And, of course, you're, like, we're always going to feel this way once, like, the greatest or one of the greatest players of all time retires. So, you know, sports losing. He's the second greatest sports player of all time. Just flat out. Maybe third. Maybe third, because, I mean, you have to consider Serena Williams, but Michael Jordan's probably number one. Um, Michael Phelps. Yeah. Michael Phelps. I still think Brady's top three. In some order, it goes Jordan. In some order, it goes Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, and Tom Brady. I think top three. My top three has to be Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps. Serena Williams would be four. But I feel like Michael Phelps has done a lot more to make history. I would have to disagree, but that's acceptable. (laughs) The internet might not like you, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to try to make She's top five, right and she's not number five. <laughs> but I do have to put Michael Phelps over that. But that's that's a topic. We could talk about that next week. But, yeah, um, I feel like the it's only thing day. that's going to kind of match that is when LeBron eventually retires in the NBA. But, like, when you're losing the best ever for, like, the last 20 years, it's – it's definitely, I mean, I know everyone, there's plenty of people who hate her and glad to see him gone, but it's going to hurt the sport, believe it or not, whether you want to believe it's gonna it or not. It's going to be culture changing. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm a petty and bitch and can't wait for LeBron to retire. I know, <laughs> but that's that's the last guy to retire to really say, like, damn, there goes there's the sports era. childhood. You say, you say that now, Jacob, but once it happens, you're going to be like, damn, kind of like Kobe. No, so. <laughs> I won't. I'll be very happy. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay. We can we, we we can all be very petty. <laughs> all right, moving off the NFL stuff, uh, let's get into um, some NBA talk. Uh, there was a uh, quite a week this week, quite a lot of um, interesting things happening this week. Um, we had things ranging from the uh, Jokic versus Embiid game, Luca fifty piece, Laker versus Celtics ref debacle. Do you do y'all have any preference on what you want to start with or? 
You want me just to well, kind of name something and we'll Le- go. To start off the week, we got LeBron getting 40 against every team. It's a cool milestone, cool milestone. Uh, it's a yeah. milestone that's never been completed by anyone. <laughs> um, I guess let's just start with Jokic versus Embiid. I think that's a cool one. Um, I don't know um, if you guys have been keeping up with it, but um, Jokic, it was uh, great to see because these are – wildly considered the top two in MVP voting. Uh, I don't know who y'all have on the top of your MVP voting. I personally think Jokic and Embiid are number one and two, but in this game, uh, in this game, Joel Embiid got the best of uh, Jokic, scoring 47, uh, 18, and five, and just overall, I think it helped his MVP case. I mean, obviously, you can never take one game. And, you know, use it to propel someone up in the MVP ladder. But, I don't know, it's always been close between them two the past couple years. And I think uh, just yesterday, Jokic, um, he put up a crazy stat line and it finally got him to averaging 25, 10, and 10. So now he's averaging a 25-point triple-double, which I think is very cool. A 25-triple? Jesus. Yeah. He's averaging a triple-double right now? Yes. As of yesterday, I think. Hold on. I mean, I can fact check That's... this real quick, but I definitely saw a post about it. So, That's which is why wild. a lot of people are going saying, "Oh, we can't give him the MVP three years in a row." I don't know. It's tough this year not to at least have him in that conversation. Yep, twenty five, yeah, eleven, and triple 10. double is wild. Mm-hmm. If I you guess... can hold it up, he. If he can hold the triple-double average, he's going to most definitely probably end up winning. I guess, uh, I know you mentioned uh, Luka was your MVP as of right now. He had 53 the other night. Uh, Tariq, yeah. I guess I'll let you kind of, yeah, no. how do you feel about Luka's season so far? I feel, so, as I said before, earlier in the podcast, I just started watching basketball. But Luka is is the leader of that Mavericks team right now. He's the reason the Mavericks are relevant. It's basically Luka's playing a good game. The Mavs are having a good game. And I feel like Luka's just basically leading this team in the right direction that they want to be. They keep building around Luka. It's going to be a very tough team to watch in the future for a lot of fans. Like, it's going to be a very tough team to vote against. I think they need to get Luka some help, man. I know Jacob was very adamant with me on this earlier, but... No, don't get me wrong. They need to give Luka help. Like, Luka needs help. It's just they're riding Luka way too much for him not to have help. And that's probably another reason why I have him at the top of the my board for MVP running because the man's doing this by himself, basically. Jacob, like, you have any... Oh, sorry, Tariq. No, as I say, Jacob, you have any um, strong opinion on the MVP race so far? Seems like there's so many people that could be in the discussion. Yeah, um, I'm still going to say what I said from the beginning of the season. Um, Tatum's my MVP, whether you want to call me biased or not. I I just don't think you can give it to Jokic three years in a row. I just don't think as voters it's going to happen. Whether he is or isn't, it's not Mm -hmm. going to happen. Um. I think the only other strong candidate for me is Embiid. I think he was robbed one of these two past years, to be honest with you. Um, I think injuries kind of hurt him in each of the years. Um, 
I don't really see uh, Luca as the MVP this year. Um, I I just I understand where his team is at, and I think part of that is what hurts him is his league is his team standing, and I, I think the defensive part is kind of why I say he might not be the MVP. I'm not saying he's bad at bad at defense uh, defense. I just don't think it's particularly strong. And I think that hurts him as far as when you talk about the MVP. It's the most all well-rounded player. But yeah, like I was saying, it, it's between Embiid and uh, Tatum right now. I think Embiid's more than likely going to win it. I think Tatum should win it. Um, I, I just think what this team has done and kind of just taken over the league, especially the Eastern Conference, um, is quite ridiculous. Not to say what Embiid and the... Uh, the Sixers have done isn't great. Like they're kind of exceeding expectations this regular season. If you're being honest with me, but this is what I expect of Joel Embiid. Um, I think he should have won each of these past two years. It's unfortunate that he hasn't. Um, but yeah, Tatum definitely Tatum is definitely another great MVP candidate. Oh. This is the this is a weird year for the NBA. I feel like there's like five six guys that realistically could win it, and you can't look at it and be like, eh, yeah, he doesn't deserve it. You know, it's definitely the closest it's been ever honestly and it feels the same way with the standings i think there's 25 teams who still have a realistic shot at the playoffs which is insane and that's not even including like like i didn't even include orlando in that that's only like four games back from the play-in so i mean realistically like i said most teams are still in the hunt which is crazy at this point of the year so it's fun for competitiveness. Um, I will give the play in that one thing. I didn't like it coming in. I know me and Jacob stuff pretty strong feelings towards it. And it's, it's at least keeping everyone competitive towards the end or the middle of the season, which is nice. Did y'all have anything else you wanted to bring up NBA wise? I know. What about LeBron about to make history though? That's a big topic. He is about to hit that, uh, scoring threshold, which is just crazy. Um, going to pass Kareem in the next, uh, Probably the next two weeks. I think he's got it's around the next 90- two games. Probably not three games. It's around no, 90. He, he had 117, uh, 28 minus 100. He needs 89 more points, and a lot of people are saying he's going to do it on February 7th against OKC. February 7th. Tickets for OKC. Tickets for the OKC game is selling for. I think I saw it at 75,000 because of that. That's insanity! Wow, that is. That's like watching. The finals right there. I think I'd rather watch the finals. I mean, I love LeBron. It's cool. It's an amazing record, but 75,000. Good Lord. That's not even Super Bowl prices. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be historic. It'll be cool. I guess that'll be something to bring up next week once, um, if it does happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Interesting, interesting uh, week in the NBA. Rivals week was entertaining. We had some cool matchups. Um, MVP races heating up, and I can't wait for the trade deadline coming up. Uh, should be some interesting moves in the next couple weeks. I want to give a shout out to Rui. He looked better the other day uh, against the Knicks, Dude. and uh, he's he really did. I'm hoping the change of scenery is good for him because. Uh, Washington's not it. I could go on a rant forever about Washington and what they're doing and how they just seem like the most complacent franchise, but topic for another day. But yeah, uh, yeah. 
I guess uh, um, that was a smaller NBA segment. We'll tend to get more into NBA content during uh, after the NFL season, especially when the playoffs start heating up. But I guess we could get into a couple other topics. I know Tariq had a big one he wanted to talk about. Um, what did I have? The Royal Rumble. Yes, sir. Royal Rumble. That was a big thing that just passed by recently. <laughs> like I know it's not our normal talk about to talk about wrestling, but the Royal Rumble that was that was actually. I haven't watched it in a while, and I decided to watch it recently because I have Peacock for some reason. <laughs> and just watching it, it, was, it like brought me back to my younger days. Damn, it's crazy to even say that. I'm only 22. Um, just right watching there, the Royal Rumble, watching these people, watching the new people, watching people that I've watched before, watching Sheamus come out, The Miz, Kofi Kingston, people like that just coming out. And I'm like, wow, I've watched you guys growing up. Watching Edge run out, spear a few people. Uh, Booker T was a great one to watch, just sitting there watching him do the spin-a-rooney like old times. I mean, I know he didn't last long in the Rumble, but watching him do that. Um, kind of wish Rey Mysterio came out, but they have that whole storyline going on with him and his son or whatever. Um, who else did good in the Rumble? Uh, Bre- Brock Lesnar was in there for a little bit, threw out a few p- people, and then Bobby Lashley came in and just killed him. <laughs> Um, who else had a good rumble? Logan Paul and Ricochet. Now that that, that those... spot was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, watching those two just jump off the ropes and meet each other midway, like that is something that's never been done. And just to see Logan Paul of all people do that after coming off the injury he had, just that was just amazing to watch. And then. Uh, what else happened in the Rumble? Greatest, um, what's it called? Gunther, uh, was came in at number one and set the long, the second longest time in Rumble history. Uh, then Cody Rhodes winning it all, coming in at number thirty, making number thirty the greatest odds for Rumble uh participants to win, with five people winning at number thirty. I remember like that back was... in the day when they used to preach number twenty-seven. Man, that was like back. Yeah, in the number day. twenty-seven. <laughs> that's number how you... twenty-seven, oh, still man. second. That's that's, that's, yeah, and... that's how you know I'm from back in the day. Like, I haven't kept up wrestling in years, but watching it was just it was cool to relive part of the childhood. I mean, it's probably one of the only few times I watch wrestling. But hey, you know, it's my favorite match. Yeah. Type, so I think it's always fun to watch every year. Yep, and then watching. What other matches they had? They had their pitch black match. It was a fast match, but it was kind of cool to see just everything just glow up and uh, glow up because they were playing basically in neon lights. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair won. That was a fast match. Uh, so was the Universal. No, the Universal Championship was actually a fun match to watch, watching uh, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns go at it. Then Roman Reigns ultimately come up as the winner. But watching Sami Zayn just hit Roman Reigns with the chair behind the back just reminded me instantly of Roman getting cheated on by the Shield by Seth Rollins. I was like, just he had the same reaction and everything. But that was fun to watch. And then the women's Royal Rumble, nothing much really happened there. Asuka made a return. Nia Jax is finally back after a year out of commission. And it's just like basic names. But one of the people that did surprise a lot of people that came out was, well, actually, there was two people. One was Natalia. She was out with her nose, her nose broken for a while, came out. 
And Michelle McCool made her comeback after sitting in the stands with her children just all of a sudden walking in the ring. But that's all I really got for the Royal Rumble. Nothing else really happened, but it was it was a fun thing to watch. And then watching Sheamus come in at number two and it being announced that it was his birthday and he was he lasted all the way until like he was I think he was like the twentieth person eliminated, so he was in there for a while. Very cool, very cool. Uh one more topic I wanted to get into before we um finish our first podcast though was um MLB twenty three the show uh cover athlete jazz yes, just um quite a lot I seemed like Twitter was very I don't want to say upset but they thought it was a very peculiar pick. Uh Jacob I know you had it some was opinions. a weird pick. Jacob I know you had some opinions on this too. Did you want to chime in on Jazz Chisel cover athlete? It's very unexciting. I mean it's cool that the kid got it. Um great young talented kid um it, it should have been julio julio Rodriguez is your most marketable star right now i don't know if there was some issue there maybe but it's i, I don't know it, it it's cool i guess but it should have been julio i don't know but like you saying julio is a more marketable person <clears throat> Like, going off of people like Shohei Atani and then going into him was a very questionable choice, but the show must go on. You gotta just keep pushing out athletes. That's cover athletes. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Is there anything anything coming up? Um, I I haven't heard... Um, What do you mean, anything coming up in terms of what? Sports, sports-wise, anything big coming up? Like, I know we talked about the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl. Actually, no, there's a few things coming up. Uh... XFL starts on the 18th. That's in two weeks. Damn. Um, <laughs> what? No, no, no. I'm just laughing at you. What? Oh, you're laughing at my yeah. burp? <laughs> um, XFL starts in two weeks, February 18th. Uh, I feel like since they took out the one New York team, I'm going to have to go with the Orlando Guardians. <laughs> Got to root for the hometown team, I guess. So, yeah. I don't have any yeah, mistakes, I, but I was gonna go for New York, but they took out that team, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm about to change it." But yeah, um, UFC is being sponsored by Logan Paul and KSI's Drink Prime now, the official sponsor. Um, Jake Paul is gonna be facing Tommy Fury. Um, do we want to talk about the games that we went to this week? Uh yeah, I I guess I can I guess I can give a quick mention on that. I did go to the Magic uh Pacers game on Wednesday. It was uh fun to see him in person. It was a Christmas present for my brothers, so shout out to my brother for that one. Um the Magic won 126 to 120. Uh it's a fun game. Uh I, I feel like I've seen them face the Pacers multiple times. Um even going back actually 4 years. Um I had like a front like one of the front row seats to the side. Um, it was so cool to see Bamba like in person, like because he's so huge. That was back when they still have Vucevic, DJ Augustine. But this time around, it was cool to see all the young guys, Paulo, Franz, Markel, um, just new era. Um, they've been winning lately, so I buy, obviously my bias self's gonna want to give a shout out to the Magic, even even though they lost today. But you know, I I I think the young talents there. And their future's bright, but it was fun to be able to go to the game. Uh, I'll talk about uh my school. 
we went against Auburn this weekend for lacrosse, played against Auburn. It, I mean, like, to a lot of people, it's not a very big deal, but we're D3 <coughs> students going against a D1 school. was just, like, kind of a cool experience to witness. Uh, they came to us. Uh, we played four quarters, running quarters, so the clock didn't stop. But we lo- we did lose 14-7, to 7, but it was still a fun time just going against kids that were about our age and made it to D1 school and showing them that we could hold our heads high and go against them. That's very cool, very cool. But, yeah, um, now that we're closing towards the end of our podcast, we just want to thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to try to upload this to Apple Music. Spotify, YouTube, those are going to be our main three platforms. We're going to try to bring this to you guys weekly. Just depends on factors. We're all busy college students, of course. We work as well. So there's some variables in there, but we'll try our best to cover weekly news for sports uh, because, you know, the sports world's always an interesting world and we want to report on it. But uh, yeah, anything else you guys wanted to end with before we sign off for tonight? Logan Paul should have won the Royal Rumble. No, not at all. (laughs) Anyways, no, thank you for everyone for listening. And uh, if you're going to continue on this journey with us, we appreciate it. Most certainly. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one.